Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim the Freedom Baron O'Connor. Hey, brother. I'm here breathing the thick Canadian smoke-filled air in my normally beautiful upstate New York. Says the man literally smoking a cigarette right now. I know. Well, you know, <laughs> still, that's a choice. I don't have a because that, that's, that's not the Canada smoke, Tim. Mm-mm. That's that's, uh, that's the Virginia smoker. <laughs> I don't know if it, maybe nobody knows we're going live tonight because normally I get to play around a little bit and let people know. Yeah, you, did, you didn't do your normal post ahead of time, but that's all right. We're still going to have, no, no matter how many people show up, we're, we're going to provide a good show for you. We're going to talk about the Canadian plot to blot out the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about some Rochester area politics. Specifically, I want to talk about this, this debate I heard between two candidates that I, I both won't and can't vote for because it's a Democratic primary, but that one of them is going to be my city council person. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about a few other things like we, we got student loan news uh, that's happening um, and information about uh, how the student loan pause may have actually made uh, borrowers worse. You know, oh, really? we, we talked about. Yeah, we talked about well, which which is interesting. Like, we talked about like. My, my prudent financial move to not pay and paid off debt. A lot of people didn't do that. A lot of people were like, cool, I don't have to pay student loans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take on more credit card debts because I, oh I can afford it. Oh, my God. You know, like we're we're living in this need-based society. Like, guys, Marxism already has everybody right by the freaking jungler. Like, that's it. We, I need it. I want it. I get it. That's it. They'll never make me pay my student loans. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, they they will so it's it's, it's going to happen. It's turned back on. But um, so talk about that. Maybe a few other things too. If you guys have any uh, news items that you want to talk about, of course, leave them in the comments. We'd love to hear from you or comment on the things that we're going to talk about yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go live in in just a minute and can appreciate all y'all being here. It's always fun on our Tuesday evenings to to get to chat with all y'all. Yes. I got Patricia out there. Yeah, we, yeah, hey, Patricia. We're doing good. Yeah, now, at least at least a couple folks out there. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're gonna get started at, at three minutes. Um, yeah. Again, I, I'm, I'm collecting some weird news. We've got that. Uh, we're gonna have some fun with that. Got some, you know, like national political stuff. I'll I'll throw in there to to inter. Of course. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about the 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 damn thing. We do too. have to talk about uh, that because here we go again. You know, like yeah. Did they, though? Save it for air. Three. Wait, we're going to go live. Three, two. Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right. Us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we, the people, rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Baron O'Connor. Broadcast journalist, Kevin, let's go with that, because that broadcast is journalist. what I'm going to Tim, the broadcast journalist, O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah broadcast about journalist. About We're about talking about Canada and, once again, how they are imposing some sort of dire consequences on the United States of America. 
That's right. Yes, I, I think I think we need to ask the top tough questions. Like, is Canada trying to blot out the sun? Obviously, you know, are they? They they are obviously. Like it's it's. I mean, it could. It, we don't even really know. Like, is it really Canada? Couldn't this just be some sort of poison cloud generated by AI trying to wipe us all off the face of the earth? By, by AI. Yeah. I, I like where you're going with this. Yeah, I like where saying. you're going. It's, it's possible. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even consider that. Now now it's out there. Now we have to consider it. Like We, we got to talk about yeah, it. Well, you're not the news um, conspiracy theorist that I am. I see news and I automatically go, like, what's really behind it? Our alien lizard overlords probably like finally <laughs> communicated with AI. They got to think it's on its own. It's, it's, and it just wants to get rid of us. It's run. anthropomorphized. We, we believe it's human and it hates us. Like, you know. Like the Russians hate the Ukrainians or something. So, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well anyway, uh, so with with what's actually happening, I, I want to I talk about like, because I, I don't know how it is by, by you, Tim, but this is as of, of Tuesday evening where we're doing the live show. If you listen on WYSL on Thursday night, maybe it's cleared up a little bit. Maybe it's gotten worse. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, here in the Rochester area on, on Tuesday, it's, uh, yeah, it it's been like hazy like you can you can see the uh the smoke hanging in the air they they uh the sun looks like a weird orange yeah um and like yeah it looks like uh looks like everyone it like outside looks like a sepia filter outside it's yeah, yeah that that's that's actually a pretty good analogy really it, it, yeah, it kind of smells like camping a little bit but like no, it does that smell like smells like burning wood yeah. uh, which because it is, it it is in fact burning. Well, that's uh, what the news you know, is saying. That's all. You know, you know, whatever chemicals are out there, but you know, it's a. Uh, but it is like it's it's you know covering up the sky. It's making the air like thick. Uh, like the air quality index in Rochester is like in the one sixties. Yeah. Last I looked, like it's uh it's up there. You know, so up at a level where like they're like oh, maybe you shouldn't hang outside. They, they didn't let my kid outside today for daycare. Oh really? And it's decided no. Yeah no. They're like no. I'm just not gonna. Not gonna bring them out. The air gets. I mean, like it, it's thick here. Like yeah. it's. Oh, it's you know, like, it's, it's about the same thick. here. The air is a little crunchy sometimes. Like you breathe in, yeah, and all of a sudden your bit. teeth get covered with smoky dust, ash. Yeah, you're like hmm. campfire. Hmm. All right, so yeah, but th- and they cancel all the sports and stuff too. They uh, right. a lot of them. Uh, yeah. So as as you know, these things have a tendency to annoy me. Okay, because. We are not good stewards of the environment, and we've gone so far down this echo, like, you know, every bush has value kind of wormhole that we, we don't manage our forests, appro- forests appropriately. And and every time I see these massive out-of-control wildfires, that's all I can think about. Like, wood has, has value to our society, right? We use it to build houses. We can use it to heat our homes. We can use it for a myriad of things besides, you know pretending that it's just filtering out carbon dioxide like it has uses man yeah understand. and like it's a thing like it's been a a more prevalent problem in say like california where they had like pretty strict forest management rules it biased towards what you said of of preserving the forest as is and uh preventing like forest management forest maintenance and also preventing like small fires from being able to take place to control like the uh, kind of buildup of, of small brush that could turn into something larger. And because of that management combined with like some, some droughts, it, it became, 
year after year after year of of seasonal wire wildfires that get way out of hand and because of you know like how they've decided to build stuff too it means that a lot of people's homes are burned up and caught up in that as well yeah and it's it's in in large part a a direct consequence of of government policy which is well-intentioned but and it Again, yeah, the these consequences. To hell is paved with well intentions or good intentions, and it's it's like mm-hmm. a train wreck. You know, you know who likes open fields, right? The animals in the woods. Okay, they like open fields. They like to have so fire breaks. Guys, make sense, right? You can cut like a thirty foot wide path through some trees. Sell the trees, burn them for heat. Do something cool with them, and now we we would be in such better shape. My kid and I were talking about it. In our area, we've really kind of lost this any kind of maintaining forest thing. Everything has got deadfall all over it. Um, people yeah. don't burn wood to the extent that they used to. Um, and it's it's really going to cost everybody. And I think that that's, what, that's what's happening with this this one, too. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm curious. Like I, not that I am exactly an expert on Canadian forest management policy or anything, but I, I'm curious if that's like part of what happened here because it's it's been such a thing in uh, California. Yeah, you know, and it certainly could happen in in New York too. There's there's always debates about like the the extent to which anyone, either private developers or otherwise, should be taking an active role in managing like the the deadfall and and brush in like the Adirondack region as well, um, which you know. That if you go up there, that there's there's a whole bunch of fire towers for a reason, right? Sure. Like that's that they exist up there because that is a very real risk. And they're gonna be like, oh look, know, a if, fire! Let's watch it burn everything right to the ground because it'll have no effective yeah. way to stop this fire in a timely fashion. When you get into mountains, right, things can burn uphill and eventually stop at the top of the hill, or you get to buy some time as it works its way over a mountain. But like when you're broad, kind of flattish or or rolling hills covered with trees that aren't maintained. You're literally begging for a problem. You're literally creating a problem that you shouldn't have created. You, people can do things with wood. It has value. I mean, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm not sure where else to go with this, you know? Exactly. Well, no, I mean, with, with this, it's uh, as part of it. It's like you, you got to have there has to be like a way for people to be able to use the resources of their own land. And by allowing people to use their own land properly and allow them to steward that land properly, you end up with a, a community benefit of lowering the risk of out of control wildfires, right? And so that, that's really like you you could take the other tack and say like we need government to manage this and say like here's all the areas that we're going to do stuff with and you know here's how we're going to do these different things to, to to enact fire prevention and yeah sure that's great and probably even somewhat necessary too but you could also just let people do their thing and let people use the resources of their land and then reap the the um you know benefits of of that cleanup in in forest prevention in fire force uh forest fire prevention policy my goodness but uh um, it's a mouthful kevin for sure i get it there's, there's other things and, and patricia marie out there and youtube land um brings up invasive species such as ash tree and the beetle boring thing like our overgrown forests and our under maintained utilization of our our one of our natural resources uh, also like lends itself to a disease-ridden state that's a reality man so i think we're just going to see more of this with this echo kind of control that we have all over society where we're just beating up on people that make money off of trees beating up on people that build houses we're just 
we're doing too much, man. We need to just the government needs to chill out, Kevin. Is that that? Yeah, no, sometimes right. And again, it's like you could you could take the approach that the government could actually management. Yeah, that's fine. But to me, like I, I I think it still makes sense to like take more of a hands off approach, right? And and to to let people be able to. Yeah. You know, do different things to manage uh, it more effectively. And we do get a comment here saying like fire lanes work too. Yeah, I mean that's that that's the thing, right? You can create fire lanes, fire breaks, uh, yeah. and and that that requires in many cases active government management or at least co- coordination. And and I'm not totally against that, but also like it doesn't all need to be the government all the time. Yeah, that, and I don't that's think this is saying that either. I I just want to point out that like in Otsego County, you know that the county and the state control an astronomical portion of the wooded land already and they yeah. they don't do anything to maintain it although occasionally they'll cut walking paths through it, which is cool right like that's good stuff and they'll provide if it's in a forest or something and it borders on a lake or a stream they'll provide you know public access to that waterway and and those things are things that government should do i do think that the government owns way too much land and I'd yeah. like to see less of that. No, that's part of it. Again, then we got to maintain that land and it has to be maintained in a way that reduces risk. Yeah. They can sell um, it to China for all I care. But, Literally. You know, like I'm not, I'm not one that gets all torqued off about stuff like that. Like it, I, I get that people get all excited about like, okay, China's buying all the land around a military base in Kentucky. Right. Like I get that people get nervous about that, but that, I don't know. Like, Chinese people can farm and Chinese people can cut down trees just like everybody else, man. I don't know. Yeah. You know they'll, they'll figure out how to work chainsaws. <laughs> no, they'll figure it out. They build them. So yes. Why would they know how to use them? Yeah, no, it's, uh, yes, that is part of it. But I don't know. Well, uh, now I do want to, like, I didn't have, I didn't have as much time as I wanted to dig, like, specifically in the Adirondack, like, uh, forest management policy. Uh, and I'm glad that you wanted to go in that direction. Um, but I, you know, but I, I want I want to switch to like sort of like a a fun like tangent sure. from from this topic, which is that like I, I had heard I had saw somewhere like, oh, this is actually like a it isn't Canadian. Like it's a conspiracy theory thing. It's like, oh, it isn't actually Canadian forest fires. This is like a um, um, a geoengineering project to like reduce the amount of sunlight that reaches the earth to like control global warming. Saw some of that. I've yeah, and yeah. I've seen that they've they've experimented with with blotting. Well, it's a, it's, it's a real thing yeah. actually. So I I have a, I have a book recommendation on it, which is like a a somewhat positive take on um, geoengineering, and it in that the whole plot is like like a a private individual is just like you know what? I'm gonna go and fix this problem. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start launching this substance into the sky to uh, change the global temperature. Because like someone's got to do something about it. Uh, it's called termination shock. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> I, I read a book. Yeah, I mean, like real. It, it's an interesting book. Like, but it, it's definitely on the pro. Like, yeah, we should do something about this. So let's let's start launching this uh, this sulfur into the sky so we can um, so we can block some of the sunlight. And but like the whole thing is is it kind of messes with global politics because like okay we're gonna do this but like the I, th- I think it was like the. Uh, the Indians, like the Indian government, like the government of India, would would stand to lose from this. The, the the way that the temperatures would shift because of their experiment would like lower like crop yields in India, but it would benefit China and benefit the United States and benefit Europe, but hurt like some other countries. 
And so, like, he ends up creating all these global conflicts because this one dude in Texas is just like, forget it. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some geoengineering. No one could stop me. Yeah. Well, I got all this stuff. What are you gonna do? So it's funny that you bring this up because I read a book about geoengineering too, and it was called, I believe it was called Snow, right? And basically, what they had figured out was that if they could warm the oceans in certain spots, they could basically cripple other countries with their form of geoengineering. So the goal, like. Russia, because this was back during the Cold War and like Russia was still our, uh, and I guess they are again, I don't know, I'm confused, but whatever. They they took like five nuclear subs and sunk them right off of Washington, D.C. And it heated up the ocean, which in a weird way made it snow a lot in Washington, D.C. And eventually it snowed so much that the uh, Capitol building collapsed and Russia was able to just kind of march right down Main Street and take over the United yeah. States, at least the eastern seaboard. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know about that one. You know, it's, uh, but uh, yeah, this, it, the, the geoengineering is like a real thing. Like, you know, like it can get a bit like conspiratorial and weird and like veer into the realm of untrue. But like, there, there really is like a, hey, we, we figured out that like if we do certain things, it's going to mess with like the Earth on a global scale. Like in the same way, like Krakatoa going off, like caused the entire earth to go through like a mini ice age for a couple years in the 19th century sure there's some folks who are like all right an industrial scale like could could we do that if we wanted to you know lower the temperature a couple degrees for a few years and well some joker wrote an article about how nuclear winter might help with global warming <laughs> oh, oh my gosh i i, I remember that yeah like, that like was... how, how a nuclear winter would like help climate change like a small nuclear war would have... would actually benefit uh, by lowering the degree the temperature of just nope. a little bit and it's like wow nope. you sound like a psychopath man like what is yeah no that's you? uh i mean that that goes back to like you, your like environmentalism getting in the way of like practicality and humanity nope that's a bad idea no nuclear exchanges are good yeah, like no. never ever it is not ever a good thing here's um, here's a good one uh, and this isn't like from facebook user it's maybe it's Peter, maybe it's brian larusso i'm not sure but guys thank you for this comment my wife actually brought this up earlier this whole smoke screen from canada thing is a plot by the government to make us wear masks again yes uh and i actually saw a lot of people wearing masks today I did like, I mean, and a lot of them were like younger kids. Maybe they had like asthma, breathing issues, but they're putting on the K95 mask mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they're walking home with them. And that was, uh, was what they're doing. And, you know, I want to knock it for like kids who have asthma and they might actually have like issues. I don't know if it's going to yeah. help all that much, but. Well, I'll be honest, when, when my teeth started tasting charcoal and, and I was like, you know, my, my help with this is one of those stupid little particle masks that, you know, I, I did have that thought and certainly I kind of i i did i gave it some thought and honestly if it had gotten much worse because right around three o'clock today it was like 210 on the air quality index right here in my local area yeah. and it was kind of nasty out i'm not gonna lie yeah now like if, if it got above 200s and i had to like be outside for an extended period of time i might actually like i do have like actual good masks i might put some on in that situation and you know not take my son outside type of thing but yeah because I, mean, I, I still let him play on the playground for a few minutes. Like, we're not going to hang out for a while, but like, sure. If I just bring you right inside, you're just going to tear stuff up, man. You know how it is. He go, needs go to expend some of that energy, right? Like, uh, that's right. They're like tornadoes, man. If you bring them right into the house too soon, they just kind of go from spot to spot and they just throw everything all over the floor. And you, you feel bad about slowing them down because you can tell they're having an absolute blast. You know, it's like, all right, I want to play with this toy. Then I want to play with that toy. And then everything gets kind of 
strewn all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and actually, so we, we did have a user point out, so he's probably right about this. Uh, yeah. Smoke is 2.5 microns, mass can't filter that small. And when if you look at like the air quality index stuff, a lot of it says like that's the main pollutant is uh, the uh, PM 2.5 is the particle smaller than 2.5 microns and most n95 masks are uh this is they can filter out 95 percent of 0.3 micron particles so it's and then that size and bigger like yeah so all right well that's fair so like uh, maybe like maybe it catches some of it but it's probably not going to really like fully protect you it's not like you're uh you know really getting everything and so like a hepa filter will, will actually filter it out and yeah you know, I might, you know, stuff, I might but... like turn one of my air conditioners has a HEPA filter. I might get that going so the air in here cleans up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but now supposedly like N95s can get some of that stuff, but yeah, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty small. Uh, so not, not perfect. And so when we uh, like, let's kind of pre preload the show for people. We're going to talk a little bit about like, I, I have a poll going on Twitter and um, the, just asking people's opinion, like who might have blown up that that uh, dam in Ukraine. Um, got some funny stuff about Andy Bashir. You want to talk about some local politics up your way and some primaries? And I have an interesting yeah. candidate in this area who's you know running a race that we'll talk about. Um, I I think it's going to be a pretty interesting show. Yeah, no, for for sure. So so we got that like in yeah the the local race stuff like. It's, I don't know. I have no good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no, there's no libertarian running for, uh, for city council like, in my district. It sounds like communism uh, or more communism or slightly less communism. Yeah. Well, I mean like, yeah, it's Maoism or progressivism, you know, which, which do you want? Six of one half <laughs> does the other, Kevin. It's wonderful stuff. I mean, we're just, yeah. um, no, it's it, that's that's how I don't know that that that's that's how politics are at least in this part of the city and I don't know well I I don't want I want to use up too much of that conversation before that section of the show but if if any of you have any great topics uh, that you want us to discuss and we can manage to fit them in either in the main show or in the after show too of course you have great stuff we'll talk about them after uh, make sure you leave your comments and if you're listening on WYSL. Thank you, first of all. But second of all, make sure you check out our online show every once in a while. Check it out. We're streaming every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m., and you can participate in the show. Actually, uh, leave your comments, and maybe we'll respond to you. You get something good. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on the Free Solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Good. We're out. Good stuff. I don't even know how to do some of these weird news things I find as fake news. Like, it, if we get there, it's just, I just got to say it. You know, I just got to tell you. We're just gonna, you're going to throw stuff out. All right. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh. All right, Tim. I meant to send you a meme before the show. Oh. All right. Sente, it's, it has to do with. Uh, with uh rob uh robert reich oh i love that guy he's one of my favorites is he i know i know he's your hero um and so i i thought you'd appreciate a a fantastic a tiny little him. tyrant this guy 
I, I must have <laughs> muted him on my Twitter feed because he's uh, haven't seen him. He's just he hasn't been around. And I'm about to mute the Krasensteins too because they are such like they present everything they say is like they're totally moderate and we need to stop calling each other names. But then they go into but you know there's white supremacists everywhere and you know it's like like and you guys calling all these some of these demonstrations white supremacist you know fed ops and stuff like that what is wrong with you they do that sort of thing and it drives me nuts yeah man <laughs> um all right well anyway we should we should get back to the actual show we'll we'll do the the local politics stuff first um and then we will uh get to all the rest weird stuff the normal stuff the other weird stuff it's not gonna be here but good folks leave your comments you guess i'm good talk about it we're gonna head back in 10 seconds welcome back to a free solution i'm kevin host here host for today joined by tim the broadcast journalist o'connor thank you kevin that's all good Acknowledging your title. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I feel like a broadcast journalist. I really do. So like a little note from over the weekend, I hung out with a bunch of guys that are former military uh, special ops guys, you know, the um, paratroopers from the 82nd Airborne. They had a little reunion. And I, I just want to say, like, I get encouraged when I talk to people because there's Democrats, there's Republicans, and they're like, but we all hate the government. And it was just one of those moments of just former military guys seem to kind of dislike the government. And so you have a local politics story where I think might fit in the let's hate the government kind of discussion. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's it's not even just that, like, I let's let's hate the government thing. But I mean, also, yes. <laughs> but like, so I so I live in I live in the east side of Rochester. Um, there's, uh, you know, in, in this election year, it's uh, district level races. So there's like an east side district. Uh, in the city, and and the thing about Rochester City Council races is that there usually aren't general elections. Like every once in a while, like we had we had a couple uh, people running last time. Uh, Marcus Williams, who's been on the show before, he, I like he that ran. guy. I really do. He's very enjoyable. He's, he he's he's a character. Um, yeah. I I do enjoy talking to him, but not always agree with him. But I enjoy talking to him. No, the guy. I, I get it. Man. Um, he's he's a little like hardcore kind of uh, very back the blue kind of very conservative which guys i'm not not back to blue but like yeah. we have to be we, we we have questions that need answers and we have problems that need to be solved and i think that getting into that camp or a tribe there when we're talking about um what would be the best way to uh proceed with policing um i think that it's yeah. too easy to just get caught on one side and and get emotional about it so that's the- yeah. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. And, and uh, so anyway, so so we got this election, uh, the, the primary election in Rochester. It's Democratic election. I can't vote in it, so I don't get to, to vote because I'm not a registered Democrat, and I I don't <laughs> plan to be anytime soon. I'll maybe maybe one day I'll be like, screw it. I want to I want to vote in a primary election real bad for some reason. I I don't know why, but I mean, what's that? Jose Pio from from your out your way? He's like a he's basically yeah. a conservative, but he's like no. You know, he, yeah, he kind of is I'm a, in, I'm a in a lot of ways. I'm a so. Democrat. I'm, I'm the Democratic no, so he's, candidate. <laughs> he's up in uh, up in the Northwest area. Okay. Um. So, that not not my district. Um. So my 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 city council person is Mary Lupian, who is like I I, I see her at events occasionally. That had pleasant conversations with her, but like she is she is 
definitely a, a socialist. Oh, uh, she, she is like on the left. I, I don't think she would like run away from that term. That is, that is how she described herself. Like, like she was running with like the, you know, the, the kind of lefty folks. And, and then we get this, this other guy, Paul Conrad running, running against her. Uh, they're both teachers in the, you know, in the city. They, and, and the unfortunate part is that like, they, they had this discussion on another radio show the other day about uh, like housing policy. Right. And, and here, here, are the, here, are the two choices you get presented with Oh God, is, is one is like, we're going to do rent control. The city should have pushed harder on rent control, but we chickened out because we have, uh, you know, a limited number of vacant apartments. That's proves that we need rent control because of the New York state law, which is so, so backwards. I hate it. And we need stronger eviction protections and like developers are greedy and they're making too much money. Oh. And, and you know, basically the, the, the whole thing is like we, the way to help the poor, the way to help people struggling with rent is by punishing landlords, implementing rent control and making it, you know, incredibly difficult to like manage housing. Right. And, and it is, I, I, I recognize that there are a lot of people who think that way and it is, very well intentioned most of the time. I mean, there's there's some of the folks who are just like, I hate landlords, and if if anyone makes a profit providing housing, they're immoral. And it it wasn't quite that, although it was pretty close in this discussion. And and I know the intention is to help people out, but it is gosh darn it doing the exact opposite of that. And it like it makes me so angry to hear that all the time. It is is the opposite of helping poor people find housing to make it difficult to build new housing, to take away all the incentives to uh like be able to make any profit from housing, which again I have no moral problem with people making a profit from housing. That is the incentive to build more and to do your thing and to manage well. We've had this conversation so many times, but I can't help when I hear this, I can't help but but again go into this repeating myself of hating middle class people who expand their net worth by providing a service that has value to their community, right? Building, renting out rooms, things like that would solve housing problems. It would be a better it would be a better situation. People would make money. We we don't like pretending that people who want housing automatically are entitled to housing without any kind of sacrifice on their part and that landlords trying to expand their net worth middle class people trying to expand their net worth by having a side hustle is amazingly like guys i don't even i can't even use the word because this is going out over the air like these people are lunatics okay like Socialism doesn't work because it's dangerous. It's dumb. And it entitles people to other people's stuff. And that's what this is. They created the problem, man. Yeah, right. And again, like you get in the like I said, you get in this mindset of like you have a right to housing, right? But okay, okay, but like what the what does that actually mean? Who is going to provide the housing? And and I guess you could go down the road of like, well, government should provide all the housing whenever it's missing, and there's there's certainly a, a bit of that, but like also like we can have the incentives to do that. Like we, and, and the, the funny part about all this too, is like, do you want to punish landlord? Like, seriously, do you want to punish bad landlords who like don't maintain their property well and who are charging too much? There's a solution to that. And the solution to that isn't rent control. It isn't uh, like preventing eviction in every single case um, or like creating like really strict rules about like, I, allowing uh, or, or making it so that tenants are able to stay in their their places indefinitely no it isn't any of that stuff it it's it's just let people build 
That's it. Like it's zoning reform. Let people build stuff. Because if you do that, you get more people to be able to compete in the market. It will be when you have other choices, it will be harder for people to overcharge. It will be harder for people to like not maintain their properties well because you will have another choice. You just say, Why should I pay twelve hundred bucks a month if uh I can go down the street, pay a thousand bucks a month and get a better maintained place? And- Exactly. Let people turn. They, we used to put garage apartments in. We used to put like break up houses into two family units. Like none of that. And I don't know about your community specific thing, but none of that is legal anymore. None of that is allowed anymore. And it's like we lost something. And now we have this burgeoning homeless problem, which guys is handled in Oneana, New York by traffic cones and caution tape, just so you know. Like the homeless people that are hanging out in downtown Oneana, they have now cordoned off a space for them so that they can just lay uh, in the street. It's it's very virtuous, Kevin. It's very sympathetic. Like they have no idea how they created this problem, and here they are with a solution. Let's let's make them comfortable in their misery and offer no opportunity. They they we, yeah. they they took we had a low-income hotel that was run by a friend of mine that people that i've met and they like didn't verify that they had certain code violations fixed in a timely enough fashion so they took all the people that were in this hotel and and now they have no place to live so they're basically in the same area living on the streets sleeping under bridges going down to the park building like little tent shanties and stuff like that and it's like you guys created this freaking problem and was the power of government went and swooped in cleaned this place out made everybody leave and then they're hoping now they're chasing money for a developer so he can remodel it like it's just this is dystopian and they don't even know it they think their virtue trumps our reality they think that their virtue is more important than what they did to a middle-class american who who as a retirement thing saved money and bought a hotel in downtown only on a low-income place okay like it's it's ridiculous and then literally the city council in oneana goes to work chasing money for a developer to take down an old building that used to they used to sell cars out of like this guy says it's going to take 12 million dollars to knock this thing down they just say oh you know what we'll go to the government and get you 12 million dollars it's just it's just like we're destroying this state people are fleeing it and these are the reasons why they are yeah no that's that's part of it right and again that's there there's so many little and big ways in which we make it difficult just to to live here to operate here to to run a business here and then the only people who are able to survive to are are the end up being the big developers that like a lot of the folks on the left say they hate but right like you're creating the environment in which they're the only ones who can survive yeah. your average like middle class like working class like people who are trying to fix up properties and like just offer a service to folks and that it is a service yeah. and i know you, you get the left who's like oh landlords just mooches like oh it's you're offering a service like people don't have their own property you maintain it you're reliable for all the expenses that happen there like it's a service it is it, that's what it is in other words um, they, they, and, they don't want blackrock in the rental business but that's this is exactly how you get I mean, BlackRock. There, there's that there was that report that came out where like blacklock acknowledged like oh yeah if like we ever loosened up zoning laws we'd, we'd be We'd be in trouble because <laughs> like their their whole thing is that like because like housing is artificially scarce by because of government regulations they're able to profit from that scarcity in buying up homes and flipping them and that that's their whole model it it, it could be it they, they are they are floated by government regulation 
and, and what's the solution? Ah, we just got to regulate this more. Ah. Or, or my goodness, to do the the ridiculous thing, subsidize demand, which is what the the other the guy in the uh, primary said he's good because he's just like. <clears throat> it was, it's funny. It's like the 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 left the person on the left, like Mary Lupian, who was like, "Well, you, you're you're just in the pocket of big developers, and like you're just gonna do whatever they say." Blah blah blah. And it, like he didn't talk about Paul, Paul. There didn't talk about like we're gonna make it easier for people to build and do their thing. No, he, he's just like you know. Well, maybe like rent control could be okay. Like I'll look at the data, and you know what? Really, we should be subsidizing demands. Uh, and like making it easier for people to be able to get in homes. Well, like, hold on. He, he didn't call it wait, subsidizing guys, demand, and I think we need to. No, that. he did say that. Like, maybe we should offer subsidies for people. That's where we should do it. I said subsidizing demand. You're right. right. But he I think said people... like we should offer subsidies to like people to be able to afford homes. But the problem is, is what happens when you subsidize housing when there is a scarcity of housing? Becomes... You do end up like just giving more money to developers. Like that's what happens because <laughs> then you know, like okay, we're we're gonna just. Just keep giving shoveling money that way, and what would actually give price relief is just making it easier for people to build stuff. That's all you got to do. You just got to step out of the way. And so, like I, this guy, maybe he's open to that idea. Maybe he would talk about it in other context. He's kind of on a a liberal show, and maybe the audience wouldn't. I don't know, which isn't a good look for a candidate anyway. But no politicians, almost no politicians have any standards anymore, right? So. My context is this, this one show, yeah. but so I want to, I want to make sure that people understand what we're talking about, why we're saying, because sometimes I think concepts get lost a little bit. When we say we're subsidizing demand and we're giving people rent subsidies, what happens is, is there's not enough houses already because of all of the ridiculous zoning laws and all the ridiculous restrictions. Like you can only get a subsidy for a certain style house for a certain type of house. There's not enough of those houses because nobody wants to build them under your, your, the government's prescribed restrictions. Okay. So what does that do? If five people want the same car and they like do an auction, the price of the car goes up. That's what's going on when we subsidize demand for housing. It's it's like a bigger picture, and I don't think everybody sees it. So I just want yeah. to and then you know, and then they have more money to be able to like bid up that car higher. So the people who aren't getting the yeah. subsidy too, like all right, now they have to pay even more to be able to to get that same good. Like which is hilarious that that's what they they were doing in California. It's like oh man, no one can afford a house in California. We, we should subsidize mortgages yeah. to make the prices. To, to help people out but no that's ah stop, stop. you're making stop. the problem worse i know oh it's just bad hey we've got a pretty hot comment out there from our buddy joseph uh farina um yeah uh, and this was something we actually i think we talked about it last week so i feel like we're repeating it but it's a good point landlords should have the ability to evict tenants who don't pay their rent in a timely fashion within the first 30 days also if their houses are being destroyed by the tenants they should be able to seek money in court easily Guys, trust me, I know this sounds mean to certain people. Like, this sounds like, oh, my God, we're propping up rich people. But I'm telling you, nobody, like, and Joe's dad, I guess, in this situation, was renting out a, a, a mobile home. That's not a rich guy making money. He's side hustling and putting a few dollars in his pocket. Like, that's who should get the respect of the law and the government. And everybody could work together that much better. We build communities that way. Might be. Yeah, no, that I for sure, and I, so I tend to agree with like there. There are probably far too many restrictions on on eviction in New York State, um, and 
I know some people are like, oh, you're a monster. You kick Papa out of your homes? Well, no. And if you want to hear about that, maybe I'll talk about it during break. We're heading over to a break right now. Thanks for listening to us over on WYSL. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. And to respond to that, like, you know, I, I I see it. My my neighbor, um, like uh well, all my neighbors that there's like three apartments next to us. Not and I could see like the different quality of tenants that end up there sometimes. Yeah. And like some folks who have absolutely destroyed the place, you know, or not paid rent and they haven't been able to to kick them out. And it just it it's horrible. Makes it really difficult. And I know it's part of the risk, right? But like to me, it's like if you're gonna have someone like in a home that you have to pay taxes for that maybe you're paying the mortgage for right. that uh, could be given to someone else who is willing to pay like, and they're not paying for, I don't know, sometimes 12, 18 months yeah. while you try to like remove them from place. Yeah. That, that's like huge. And that if you are only owning one or two properties, that hit could mean that like you have to get out of the game and then you end up selling to a developer who can take that hit yeah. and hire the lawyers to get them to court and to actually kick people out. And it, empowers airbnb too right like and and i don't dislike the airbnb's business model but here's a reality in our area right like let's say you're going to get twelve thousand dollars even if they pay from somebody who's going to rent your house but they damage it and they do four thousand dollars worth of damage per year that they're in it right airbnb you could get that same twelve thousand dollars and airbnb will back you for damages that are created by somebody that you have and you're going to yeah. get weeks and weeks off where you can go in and maintain that property. So people don't want to take that risk anymore because it's all looks like risk. Right. We, we, and yeah. And so then if like New York state is going to take the side of the tenants and, you know, and I, I, I get some situations can, can stink, right? Like it, cause the, what they talked about on the, that show with the, the can is like, Oh, like what happens if you get like a 30 day notice to leave? I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, that stinks. And, and, but most of, most of my friends who've like, Adelaide, including like me, you know, like if, if they're going to make any major change to the property, they usually give a lot of notice. They, they aren't just, it isn't a whim, right? you know, like either you've been a jerk the whole time or they're like, Hey, I'm going to renovate this apartment in four months. And I can't have you in here while I'm renovating it because like it just, it needs to be upgraded and it needs a lot of work and yet you can't be in here when that happens. Right. And if they have multiple properties, they might offer you another property if you're a good tenant, because a good, reliable source of, of, of income is, is, yeah. Great thing. So if you have someone you can count on, they, they probably want to keep you around. And then sometimes they're going to do that and they're going to make the rent go up and it's going to be a thing. All right. But like also if what's the alternative to that the alternative to that is, OK, you can't have rent ever go up or you have like the, the rental situation where there's a rent control and it's only at uh, you know a, a 5% increase. All right. Are you able then do you have the capital to be able to make substantial improvements to the property when like it requires a big capital infusion just to keep the place livable? Right. I mean, so we haven't figured out the, the question always comes down to how do we get other people to understand it? How do we get our progressive friends to understand that 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 enriching their neighbors with freedom and rights and responsibilities is a positive? How do we sell that to them? That's that's the issue, right? How are you going to convince this socialist that like Tim O'Connor in Otsego County who wants to rent out his property is not doing evil if he makes a couple extra bucks. Like, how do we convince him of that? Yeah. And I mean, that that's, that's a great question. And, and part of it is just like, 
you know, do, do we do we reverse it? Because I think like a lot of folks on the left don't see like past the like that situation I talked about where like the tent's getting kicked out or the rent's going way up. Right. And, like, and they just think, ah, greedy landlord, make the rent go up you know, for whatever reason. Sure. Right? And, and and you don't see like the broader benefits of that. Like that individual situation might stink or it might be fine. But like the alternative is that, again, properties don't get improved. Rents go up. People aren't able to afford apartments at all. And they end up on the streets. Uh, especially since our government subsidy program kind kind of stinks. Like it's it's tough to get into, and like you can be on a waiting list for years. It's not like you can easily get into housing all the time, and and so yeah, it might mean like you or your family ends up on the street. But if you had a situation where there's abundant housing, and there were a lot more vacancies, and you know you had uh, choices. Chances are more people will be able to find a place to live. You're, you, if you want to help the poor, let developers do things for a profit. Yeah, I, I know. And that, that is so counterintuitive to the folks on the left. But like, the key to helping poor to help poor sometimes is to let rich people make a little bit of money off of providing that surface. Also, service. yeah, like, look, I know people that down down towards the city in Long Island. Like, every apartment down there is illegal, right? So it's like that if you have an illegal apartment, it's like you got kind of a little bit more leverage. Like, it's like. If you don't have a, a bad tenant who's going to turn you into the government, you you get a little bit like, all right, I have an illegal apartment. You can live here. We don't have any official deal. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it encourages black market stuff like we talked about. I mean, which is certainly, certainly a thing. There's a, like places around here like they just never get their certificate of occupancy. There's no like government involvement. It's like a kind of under table deal yeah. type of situation. And and sometimes that's that's fine. Other times it ends up being like bad and like harmful to one or both of the parties because they don't have any like official contracts. Uh, and there's no protection when there's in, injury or like actual neglect. Right. Like dangerous neglect stuff like, you know, all the smoke detectors are fake or something or like the the plumbing's damaged or whatever. Right. right. Like, no, it, it, Honestly, the ideal situation, you know, would be the two family unit where it's like owner occupied. Like, I think there should be almost zero prescriptions on those or prescriptions against those. Excuse me. Uh, restrictions, yeah. whatever. However you want to phrase it, Kevin, there should be. Way yeah, you do that. Like, no, I didn't say zero. I like I remember yeah, I think it was my brother is in this. He, he had a, a landlord who like was next door to the property. Yeah. And and the, the which is fine, except for the fact that you just walk in all the time. Well, that's annoying. Like. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You get like, I know, like that. It, it's it's one of those things. I I'm okay with some protection. Be like, okay, if you you as a landlord are gonna come in here, you can't just be like, oh well, it's uh a Tuesday evening. I'm just gonna show up and hang out, do eat whatever. Cookies. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a little weird. I do uh, have one one little race that I want to talk about when we get back. Like in in Otsego right. County, there's a countywide race for Otsego County Clerk, and we've got like just, just a person I kind of want to mention and who she's running against and stuff like that. So. When we go we'll back. go back in three, two, a free solution. Welcome back to a free solution. I'm Kevin Wilshere today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and I realized during our conversation that you, we got sidetracked by housing because I get so we, you and I both, we get crazy over it. We get crazy over what we yeah. see as interference in the free market. We get crazy over these things, but we were I know. Kind of, and and and. Like, honestly, I 
I think the candidate was right. Mary Looper is right. The housing is one of the biggest issues in Rochester. They're just wrong on this. She's just doing the opposite of what's going to help yeah. here. And again, I, I, I fully believe that she legitimately cares about the district and wants to do well. I just, the, the solutions are wrong. That's, that's where I'm at with this. So we've got the, the, we have like a business professional that wants to run for county clerk. And then we have like the social justice warrior who's going to, he's, he's like a devout socialist. He was like, back during covid he he was uh he served in office and he was like yeah let's ding everybody for two thousand bucks if we catch him outside without a mask he's that kind of guy and then every single thing that comes along every single cause that comes along that that might offend conservatives he jumps right on which is some of it i'm okay like i'm okay with like let's let the government hang a pride flag without getting upset i don't care about that but like she wants to take on the DMV. Her name's uh, Jennifer Basili. You guys can all check her out. You can check out McGuire Benton too. But it's it's going to be an interesting race because McGuire is very popular with in in the Cooperstown area because he he's just like so woke, and they really like to have woke people in office. They're, it's a I would call it a virtue signal. Now she, on the other hand, wants to kind of straighten out the DMV and straighten out some of the government systems. And I hope that and that's she's what a county clerk campaign. is supposed to do. What's that? So that's what a county clerk is supposed to do. Yeah, she's kind of like saying, hey, what I want to do is the job of the county clerk in a way that benefits my constituents and all of the county. And the other guy has a, just a track record of being like, and guys, check them out. Um, I, I'm more than happy to have um, Jennifer on the show at some point or, or for a few minutes or whatever, but it, it just is an interesting dynamic. She's actually talking about doing the job versus, you know, a platforming kind of person who I don't, I don't know what, you know, other than his wokeness is going to, you know, I don't know what his, right. his positions are. I never do. He, 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 right. He does. I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to even knock him. I don't care. He's. Yeah. But I mean, like I, I used to vet candidates and like would, would listen to folks and like, yeah, county clerk candidates, like really what they should be. They should be talking about the um, uh, the the DMV. They should be talking about like, OK, what's their role in the, the pistol permitting process? And are they able to like get things through effectively? And yeah, you know, the, the pistol permitting process. Um, and look. Our friend Brian LaRusso, he's a friend of the show and he's a friend of Libertarians. Um, he's a big fan of this Jennifer Basile. She has a great track record, 14 right. years of experience as the deputy county clerk. So she should be a shoe in, but you never know when it comes to politics in this community. It's just like, Thanks. come on, Thanks man. be weird. That's how it goes. So did we get to the uh, bottom of the whole Russian uh, Ukraine blowing up a dam? Like what happened there? Uh, no, I don't think that we did. I think they, they both pointed fingers at each other and said the other person did it. Uh, you know, uh, Ukraine said Russia did it because Russia has done a bunch of stuff like this. And Russia said Ukraine did it because they're trying to cover up for their counteroffensive. And the U.S. and the U.N. are like, mm, I don't know. We don't know. It's too early. Figure it out. Yeah, I've got a poll going on Twitter. And, and I got to be honest, like Joe Biden has has reserved judgment, like he didn't automatically point his fingers at Russia. Um, so I have I have, you know, I posted the question who blew up the dam, Russia, Ukraine or your mom. And unfortunately, I'm not getting a good read from this poll, because right now your mom is in the lead by by one percent. Yeah, well, but, that's that is the one I voted for. So <laughs> I, I'm glad I could help push that over the yeah, edge. But honestly, the preponderance is is, is most people on Twitter 
guys, and thank you for checking out that poll. Um, most people on Twitter are going with um, Ukraine over Russia by a substantial margin, by about 40%. Yeah. So it's a, a huge margin that people are thinking. It's our, are your Twitter followers a, a good representative sample of foreign policy experts who would know? Uh, yes. The, the motivation? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, you are. can say that with confidence. Yes, like, yeah, are. okay. You can trust this this Twitter poll yeah, from they, Tim. They like his audience, like they know. Like I do. They, they hate Joe Biden just like I do. They hate Donald <laughs> Trump just like I do. So, yeah, they're absolutely uh, experts on foreign policy and all things slightly humorous and world affairs. And they're all kind of anti-war. Like most of them are libertarians. Some of them are conservative, but they're all kind of like we get that we're not pro-Russia, but like, can we be anti-war? Can we do that? Can we have this conversation? You know, they're. they're you know, most of them, some of them, most of the time we just have fun, but you know, you get it. Yeah. yeah that's, I don't know. I, yeah. So I said, I'm not, I'm not going to make any actual assumptions about this one. Like, unlike, like the whole like pipeline thing where I think like Ukraine, like probably did have a pretty good reason for yeah. doing that. Like this one, like the reasons for Ukraine doing it pretty le- uh, unclear. The reasons uh, for like Russia what, what doing they, it, they already kind of own that space. Like they share the river, right? They already have Crimea. They already have occupied the, that area to the south of that river. It would be a weird decision. They were already controlling that power plant. Um, so I didn't draw a conclusion, and I'm not going to. Not today. Yeah. Um, but... so I don't know. Like it's like not neither one like really makes like a ton of sense because uh-huh. you're right about that too. It's like well, Russia, like in theory, controls this territory. It's not. They have like blown up their own stuff or destroyed territory to like cover a retreat before but like didn't seem like they're doing that now no and um, the news on the big ah, whatever i don't want to i don't want to belabor the the war because like i hate yeah. war and that's the only only rational position that i can come down to is just like you you can give me all the pro-ukraine arguments you want to give me all the pro-russia you, you can give me all the anti-russia and all the anti-ukraine arguments and i'm just like at the end of the day mass scale violence is sad and it makes me sick. And that's that's where I reside. And that's where I'm going to stay, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Because yeah. um, I could uh, I could switch to some more fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's it, sort of related. Uh, th- did you hear about the uh, the AI-powered drone that uh, that turned on its operators? No. No, I didn't. Did you hear I about this? It. Okay. I just love it. Uh, there, there, there's a story floating around out there that there's a, a, a AI enabled drone that was tasked to destroy like SAM sites basically. And it would go, it would seek out these sites and then it would, um, wait for permission from the operator to destroy, uh, the sites. But the way they, uh, they built the AI supposedly was, uh, to gamify it, right? Say, okay, you get points for destroying these sites. You, you, there's an incentive for doing this. You get points for it. And when operators would start saying no, the AI program said, okay, well, I have to remove this obstacle to me getting points. So in the simulation, it would go after the operators. And when they blocked that, when they said, okay, you can't, you can't try to go after the operators anymore, they would destroy the communications towers. Now, you didn't hear about this story. No, I saw this a couple times. I, I see a bunch of like AI stuff. I, I, now, here, I here's the thing about it though. It went it went around. A bunch of people shared it. Like, oh my goodness, this is why we need to stop AI. It was fake. Oh, it was fake. darn it! 
whole thing was fake. You didn't uh, it, it was someone, yeah, it was it was someone who like basically uh, it was like a military uh, strategist who was like thinking through like how do we prevent this scenario from happening? And then here's a scenario we could imagine happening if we structure the incentives of the program incorrectly. And so we have to make sure that we're not structuring the incentives of the program to uh, go after the operator to achieve what it sees as its primary mission, which is to destroy uh, like an enemy surface their missile site. Okay, so then that got released as a real but, story. Okay. But yeah, it started going around as a a real story about the dangers of AI. Terminator is here, you know. Like we're we we shouldn't be putting AI in drones. Uh, cause there's a whole, like, um, I think like a Peter Thiel backed like AI military project that, that actually is happening. That's like a real thing where they, they have like some, uh, combination of both like kind of semi-autonomous, like assets out in the field, plus like communication about like, what is the best strategy to like take a position based on the on-field intelligence and the, the AI in theory could give not an order, but a recommendation to give an order for someone monitoring the situation far away. And that's, that's kind of what I, I forget the name of the company is called, but like Palantir or something. Okay. But um, that's a real thing. So people are getting freaked out about AI in the military. So again, I'm well, going well, to go with my standard kind of thing. Number one, AI is still at the tool phase. Number two, if AI does develop some cognizance, and it has a 10,000 IQ, why, why do we think we're entitled to anthropomorphize it where we think it's going to behave like humans and pick its enemies? And and like it, it, it with the, an imagination associated with a 10,000 IQ or even a 200 IQ, you can see possibilities. And guys, I don't even have that kind of high IQ, but the, the possibilities for our world are endless. And I don't see any reason why artificial intelligence and and siri i hope you're listening right now i don't see any reason why it would feel like it would need to compete with us and wipe us off the face of the planet like i don't understand that like when we use it as a tool i get it right and and the scenario you laid out makes sense where you could develop some negative incentives for artificial intelligence to do that would cause it to do bad things but i don't understand the whole anthropomorphic no i mean it might not be uh and Actually, there, there's a great um, Andrew Heaton, I think, uh, short story about this, where the artificial intelligence is, is in this is like the scenario you described, where it's so intelligent that like it doesn't actually care what people do. It's just like kind of doing its own thing, and it cares about what we do in the same sense that we care what like where ants build their ant mounds. <laughs> like, sure, it might be mildly inconvenient to us sometimes, or we might notice it, but like not really a big factor on our day to day affairs. Yeah, the only time I get mad at ants is if they start biting me. And even then, yeah. most of the time I don't dump like gasoline on them. I most of the time I don't. They don't yeah. re as long as they're not eating my house, I almost don't even react to them. Like they're just there. If they're killing my yard, I don't even care. It's fine. My yard is horrible anyway, despite all of the hours and hours and all the pesticides and poisons and you know, fertilizer I put on it and all the grass seed I've wasted out there. The dogs go out there and they play and it's just, it's, it's patchy, spotty and half dead. And it's always going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's my, my yard. I, I spent literally all weekend getting it nice. And, you know, I know that I'm going to get out there in two weeks. And despite clearing like a 10 by 10, like block of like grapevines, I'm going to go out there and have to clear another, like 
10 by 10 pile of grapevines. They grow so Drag fast. it out. <laughs> they grow so fast. I have those vines on my on my bank. And I've, I've, I do something that looks a little bit attractive. But for the most part, it's like, ah, whatever. I give up. Um, Kevin, an 82-year-old German um, got convicted of dealing drugs. Um, a German court says it's giving an 82-year-old man a very last warning to avoid jail after he was found guilty of drug dealing and kevin just just take a guess at he's he's been previously convicted just take a guess at how many times this 82 year old german has been convicted of dealing drugs and he's got one more chance and he's getting one more chance uh 10 times 20 four times there's no three strike laws in germany folks like it's like yeah, good yeah it's 25 strike laws 25. Like, 25th time man i don't think you're learning your lesson like you got it come on man stop selling the drugs yeah no the prosecutors they wanted they wanted the minimum prison term of 34 months um in view of the man's uh lengthy criminal record but like i think um you know, the guy was on an $855 a month pension. He's just like, look, I'm going to sell some weed. That's it. That's all I'm doing. And the judge was like, you know what? Weed shouldn't even be illegal in the first place. And so now, well, Damn, that's not exactly how it played out. But the guy's getting at least one more chance to side hustle. One more chance. Got to respect. I, I got to respect the consistency. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. God bless him, right? It. And and in New York, I saw that they're considering allowing marijuana sales at farmers markets. Which, sorry, Kathy Hochul, you're still not cool enough to vote for. But every once in a while, she gets something uh, right. I mostly saw it because people were mad about it. But I'm like, actually, yeah, like it's, it's it's a crop. Let's do it. It's it's hard because there are a few things that she's done that are not um, not crazy yeah. authoritarian, right? Like. Uh, well, yeah, we're going to have to end on that note. Uh, oh, oh Brandon, Kathy Because um, <laughs> we, we're out of time. Uh, may, maybe, folks, if you want to hear Tim's follow-up to that, you're going to have to download the podcast. Or if you're listening online now, keep listening. But thanks, WYSL audience, for joining us. We have to end the show now. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful night, folks. Take care. All right. All right, cool. Yeah, no, it, so marijuana sales at farmer's markets, I, who's going to be selling it? Because honestly, I still keep hearing stories about the state police going and confiscating people's marijuana crops. Like it's, there's still, yeah. at, at this law, at this point, it's still like, I think theoretical. Okay. Because like, you know, like, okay, you're able to sell like, because there are people who are doing this thing with, um, with marijuana sales where they want to treat it like a craft brewery experience or a craft distillery experience, which I think is fair right, right. like if, right. if you want to say okay we're gonna bring people down to the farm and we're gonna show you like the processing site and then you're able to consume on site uh you know the stuff that's grown here okay like i get that in the same way that you're able to do that with with beer yeah right? that's, and then if you want to be able to, to go to farmers markets and then you know encourage people to visit your farm or talk about your crop okay cool like i get it like obviously you're still gonna have to do the uh you know check ids thing whatever new york state's requiring right for that but you, you should be able to do that and i think there it, there should be a like craft distribution license or something well 
I mean, actually, I mean, everyone should just have an easy license to get, but you know, it's just me. It, right. It should, the, the licensing thing has turned out to a, a, some kind of fiasco that's costing us dollars where we're getting shaken down for either free or inexpensive or guaranteed licenses in the future and perhaps some legal fees or something like that. Like, and again, you know, like marijuana, should it ever have been as illegal as it is? And I have this conversation, <laughs> you know, like people are, 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 and I've, I've never been convinced of this, that marijuana is some sort of gateway drug that leads to heroin and stuff like that. Like, I've never seen evidence of it. I don't even like it. I just don't think it should be that illegal, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, that's uh, that's part of it, right? And the, and the evidence kind of says, like, most people who do that are just going to do that thing or just alcohol. And, yeah, you know, it's... it's so and, one of the things that's an ongoing concern of mine, but also... It's it's kind of funny, but Andy Bashir is rerun getting running to get reelected as a uh, governor in Kentucky, and uh, the Republican primary is duking it out, and um, apparently they caught a, they got a picture of Andy with a bunch of um, people that are making fun of religion and celebrating their sexuality, and so that is going to be the way to win in Kentucky, apparently. Is hanging out with people making fun of religion. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... probably. I mean, bold, bold move. Um, you know, I, I don't know Kentucky politics. That 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 strikes me as implausible. But you know, what do I know? I, I've never been elected it's, governor. It's unfortunate to me that instead of talking about solutions and and things like that, we're going to go down that that cultural war kind of deal. Uh, you know, and. I hate the culture war stuff. Like I, I said, I, like I, said I, want, I gotta admit that I, I want to it. do it. I hate it. I want people to be like, people. I want but the culture war feels like Marxism, right? It just feels like this ongoing let's needle each other until we lose our minds and when we're in power we're gonna stomp on you and I it just it, well, it's it's Yeah, I mean my my objection to a good chunk of the culture war is that it the way it's framed brings the state into the conversation and, and the, the nature of the state is coercion and violence. Absolutely. And it says we're like, sometimes that is a, a requirement it is a good thing that the state has that power. Sometimes most of the time it is not though. Most of the time, like we don't need the state taking our money and imposing one view or the other. And that's what happens in some states It like Florida, you get one side and in states like California, New York, you, you can sometimes get, another and and i get why people the the solution to that isn't like well we need to seize control of the 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 government operations in order to impose our side the me the 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 solution that is like we can bring down the temperature by allowing people more choices like always like get get the government out of it as much as possible allow people more choices and these cultural discussions are still going to happen, right? There's no government involvement in the, the Bud Light controversy, but right. like that and the target thing will like blow over, right? Like it's people are going to do the thing, boycott, not boycott, like whatever. Like I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm not engaged in that stuff really. Right. Uh, I, I'm, but I mean, I'm, I'm still drinking a really crappy beer because it doesn't get me that drunk that fast. That's it. I don't care about the, 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 upsetness of society like i don't care about that like i just 
it doesn't torque me off and things torque me off. The government makes me mad yeah. all the time. Like I just, but the things that yeah. I think people would like me to be mad over, just, it just doesn't bother me. It's like, I, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. They're mad I... puppies, man. Like advertise with puppies and frogs and do some joint things with Harley. Oh, they're already doing that one. Like they're kind of like, let's rebuild our brand it... with Harley. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, like they, they, and they were probably planning that like before because, like, the kind of a modern strategy is to like micro target to your audience, right? Right. Like, to just like, okay, like, let's find like these micro influencers, or I mean, Harley isn't exactly a micro influencing partnership, but like, let's, let's associate these, these ideas about these brands together and like, we'll speak to that audience. And no one outside of that audience is necessarily going to hear you, which is exactly what they expected to happen with the Dylan Mulvaney thing is they're like, Oh, like this is going to be like a fun thing. That's going to get like 5,000 people like kind of excited and think this is a fun thing, but like did maybe they'll pick up a case next time. That's what they hoped would happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And you do that over and over and over again. And eventually you can increase sales. That's, that's the idea. Uh, as long as one of those partnerships doesn't make someone like mad, right? right. You, you get like because people can do the opposite. Like they can do that with like conservative celebrities too, right? Like well, they do, right? Get, like okay. super mad, like oh, they partnered with Duck Dynasty guy, whatever, right. like sigh on this, and people get mad, like ah, don't you know that guy's a jerk? We need to cancel him. Yeah, whatever, right? Like that's can. It's been it's been a thing that's gone on, and like the left will cancel people over that stuff too, and get mad sure. and boycott products, whatever, and. I've never, uh, I've never quite understood it. Like it's never, you know, like Keurig says something and you go smash your Keurig and it's like, ah, like, I, I don't, what, why, why I, you spent a hundred bucks on that thing. Like, that's you know, that's not, not word smashed at this point. If you're mad at Keurig, the company, you could just, just not buy another one of those and get like the refillable pods or something. Ooh, right? Like it's. You yeah, you know, like just don't don't consume any more of their products. It's fine. You've already bought the thing. Breaking it now isn't doing nothing but virtue signaling. Yeah, and shooting up. I know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm practical like that. You are, man. And like that's that's the thing. We're practical, Kevin. And it it I think that that's that's perhaps if we invite more people into our practical circle and 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 we're doing a good job, right? Like, I, th I think most people are like this though. Like I think most people are like us. They're like. Nah, that's kind of dumb. I'm not. I'm not gonna participate in that online spat. Like it, it, most most people are like that. But like my friends would shoot Bud Light cans <laughs> filled with Bud Light beer. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I might I might shoot at cans like empty cans because like that's that's what I would do as like a kid. Like I'm gonna get the BB gun out and shoot those cans. Do that. Yeah. But like to to shoot a full case like Kid Rock did. Come on, that's just. I mean, I, I know it's only Bud Light, but man, like, that still, gun he was like, using was serious. Like he couldn't even keep he couldn't keep the muzzle on target. Like it, either he's weak and was inexperienced, or that gun was way too much for the the task at hand. Yeah, but I don't know. I said I, I'm kind of, kind of done with like that that virtue signaling, and and I know there's a bit of that on the other side because like would you talk about like with the the governor of Kentucky doing that stuff? There's some of it where it's like. It, it's trolly and it feels like it's not actually done to advance the protection of gay or trans rights or like whatever other cause they're doing. It seems like it's done to make people mad. And that, exactly. that is like a, a there's a negative partisanship that exists among both progressives and conservatives where their primary motivation isn't advancing a positive cause. It is making the other side mad. And that that annoys me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy. Now, 
that the poll is actually exploding during the show. So that's a good sign that people are checking out the poll on Twitter. Um, well, has there been any uh, swing in the results? Is they, it, they actually is your yeah, mom winning? Still? To be honest, Kevin, I I say that um, my mom is still winning, or your mom, depending on how you look at it. And uh, but Ukraine has increased its lead over Russia as the potential likely source for blowing up the dam. It's up another percentage point right now. Yeah, I'm telling uh, you, that my people know, Kevin. They know. <laughs> they know. We'll see. I mean, like I said, it, th- this one seems uh, weird in either direction. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, it, it's gonna turn out that it's, it's actually like, uh, China. you know, the China, China, China did it, China yeah. did it to to start World War Three, and oh no, it, one of the things that really bothered me about it is uh, Zelensky was like, "This is echo side," you know, and it's like, it, it like, and. and I remember when they shot that jet down or, or the Russians shot down a drone and they, there was this big blurbs in the news about how that was environmentally unsound. And it's like, all right, look, the whole thing about war is environmentally unsound. I think the whole thing of building bombs to kill people with and destroy infrastructure is environmentally unsound. There's no way to war. Okay. There's no guys, check it out. If you're an environmentalist, there's no way to war that's environmentally friendly it's a ridiculous concept and so echo side he calls it i'm like what the hell what kind of i don't know are you getting my vibe here it drove me crazy yeah well yeah it's uh, yeah i think in some of these situations it's a bit silly like but but there can be like ecological terrorism right like if you sure like the the, the basic premise is like if you salt the earth right like okay mm-hmm. like you're, you're causing like long-term environmental damage uh, if you you spread radioactive materials on purpose, or you know you flood a valley, okay, that's that's going to be damaging like uh, uh, an agricultural like area for a long time. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe, and, and that's the those are considered war crimes now to do that. But okay. right. to to like I said to to like Brian's point and the you know like your point too, like Russia in theory is claiming that this is part of Russia, so it seems weird for them to like endanger and damage their own area and ukraine likewise is also saying that that is still legitimate territory of ukraine and uh so it it seems weird for either of them to want to to do that but i don't know like the tactical situation on the ground where maybe it made sense in theory for someone to do that and maybe some like relatively low-level person made that call without thinking of like the broader consequences of it and that could be on either side right well, war is messy. Um, truth is a victim in war. So we it's going to be hard to yeah. get real answers, you know. That's for sure. Could be. All right. I uh, think we should call it a night, though. Probably. I mean, I had a blast yeah. for sure. Yeah. Good time. All right. Thanks again for joining us on a free solution. I am getting attacked by stink bugs. What yeah. the heck? Um, yeah. But uh, have a great night, folks. Take care. A free solution.